Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Everag's GDT Tuesday podcast. New year, same people. I'm Cody. With me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you doing in this beautiful new year of 2023, my friend? Doing so well, Cody, and just happy to be here again and looking forward to a new year on this podcast with you. Awesome. I am also, and I know a lot of folks are, we're waiting for this GDT, kind of see if the new year brought any bit of a change in the way the markets were going to react, but it seems that we are going to start 2023 the same way that we ended last year of 2022. A little bit of a down global dairy trade today. Yeah, you bet. If you everybody remembers, and I'm sure they do, the last auction before Christmas was down 3.8% versus the prior auction. And, you know, that was the end of the year and just kind of a, a down, you know, overall down and drab. And Cody, I think you were one that pointed out that we normally have two or three down auctions and then two up. So that pattern started last time and was down 3.8. I think the futures and a few people were expecting this market to bounce a little bit here, and it just didn't happen. This auction ended up down 2.8% on today's auction versus the last. So another just a, another down day on the GDT. Some of the highlights that really stand out, butter was down 2.8%. That's going to come in at about $1.98 a pound. That puts New Zealand significantly cheaper than both the US and the EU. The US is at 238, the EU at 240. So even though the US price has come down considerably in the last, you know, 2 to 3 weeks, we're at 238 right now and holding a 40 cent premium to New Zealand. So important to point that out. On the non-fat skim milk powder side, this was the biggest loser of the main categories, I guess. The skim milk powder was down 4.3%. That is going to put New Zealand in at $1.29. U.S. ended today at roughly $1.32, and the EU came into the auction about $1.28. So the EU had already led the charge lower here. The U.S. had kind of caught the middle ground between the EU and New Zealand, and now New Zealand takes a big hit lower here. Again, another 4.3%. So that leaves the U.S. nonfat price at 132, the highest in the world. My suspicions are we're not going to hold that pole position for very long. It certainly has happened in the past, but it's never for very long, and we, we generally move lower. As we move move over to the cheese side, cheese last auction I think was down one to two percent. This auction it was down another two. 0.7%. Again, this is cheddar. That's going to put the New Zealand cheddar price at about 212. The EU came into this auction at 221. And the US average came into this auction about 201. The blocks came in at 213. As we came out of the day today, though, both the blocks and the barrels, you know, really took a run down here. And we're going to end the day with the block barrel average at roughly $1.88. So there you have it. The US cheese at $1.88, EU at $2.21, and New Zealand at $2.12. I would warn everybody that these EU prices are just a little bit stale during the holidays. One of our main pricing points didn't publish. So these prices probably going to come down, especially after this GDT. So again, another down day here on the GDT across all the product categories. Yeah, another down day in the GDT, which you had mentioned brought our, our block and barrel down pretty substantially. 
you know, butter was pretty much, it was unchanged today, but I guess the big thing to look at here is that our cheese price is so much cheaper than the rest of the world, while our butter price is still stagnant right there with the EU. Is there any big indication, John, do you think on some of these exports of having this $1.88 cheese that would say, okay, maybe we have another down GDT, maybe we have another two, three, we don't really know. But at these lower prices, sub $2, should these exports be ready to uh, kind of be getting out into the country to start the new year? Well, I think exports are such an important part of this discussion. The Everag Insights team published a weekly wire this past week, and it was kind of a greatest hits highlights of 2022. And in it, I think it's just really important. Just one of the highlights of cheese, cheese exports reached a record for the first quarter of 230 million pounds and a record for the first half of 507 million pounds. If we look back and say, how on earth did cheese get to, well, let me back up here and say the high of the year for blocks, according to this, was 239.75. How in the world did blocks get to 239.75, especially with, you know, a, a new cheese plant being full bore in there? And I would just say we got there in large part because of exports. And we got those exports because the world needed that cheese and we were significantly lower than the rest of the world. As we look forward in time here, you're right, Cody. A dollar eighty-eight on the average is cheaper than two twenty-one and cheaper than two twelve, and and our futures certainly are even cheaper than that. That does open ourselves up for exports, at least right now. But I, I guess I would warn you that we probably need every bit of every export we've got right now to get on the books to maintain this price, at least for now. The world is again. I've said it a few times on this podcast. If we go back to this time of year last year. We talked about less milk, less milk, less milk. Fast forward to today, and we're talking about more milk. And I know the U.S. is, you know, around that 1.4 to 1.5% milk production growth area. Maybe it's a little bit lower than that. But when we look over in Europe, European milk production is growing. And the demand, as we know it right now, isn't quite where it needs to be. And that is causing the European side to offer cheese and and to be looking for a home for all their dairy products. Again, these price series that we have right now is a little stale. My guess is, again, we'll see it move lower and that their cheese price is going to move substantially lower. And it's going to make exports out of the U.S. We're going to get some, but we're just not going to have as many as we had last year. I doubt we'll have a record first quarter or a record first half like we had this past year uh, of exports. And when we look at that, we say we've got more milk here in the U.S., which one way or another is probably going to lead to more cheese, at least here in the short term. So that's more finished goods with the likelihood of less exports. It just paints a picture of not not a, a drastic amount of downside, but I think it really starts to take out some of our upside potential here in cheese. And you're bringing up the same kind of conversation that we had last year, just the difference of the milk production. We're really starting January and February down with those same kind of numbers that we really ran into 2022 with. And then I think, as you had mentioned, the the milk production and the shortage that we saw in this country is what really propelled our prices higher. It's just very interesting to me and other folks I've talked to today of seeing us going into the new year almost at the same price points on the class three and the cheese side that we did at the same time one year ago. You know, it it is interesting. I I always think of the dairy industry as relatively binary, right? Where a lot of times we're either going up 
through a, a price point or we're going down through a price point, right? And when we look back, you, you mentioned, you know, we're, we're right around the same price we were at this time last year. Last year, we were moving up. This year, we seem to be moving down. And the story last year was less milk, less milk, less milk, and and more demand, right? We, we just had more demand out there in the world. And now, I just feel like we're in such a different atmosphere now than we were this time last year. And I, I think that means... I don't know how much lower we're going to go in prices, but I think we're in an environment of lower prices. And when we really, just to really touch on it here, something that really stands out to me was if I was watching this GDT from, and I was, uh, but during it, we don't, we're not able to see who's buying in terms of what region and, and seeing this GDT getting pushed down again, I would have said, boy, the, the Chinese still aren't here. And when the dust settled and we're finally able to see the data, what we are able to see is the Chinese were here and they put up one of their best showings on the GDT since, you know, and almost, well, I'm just looking at it here on a, on a, on a single auction. We haven't seen them do anything this been this aggressive on their buying since Q1 of 2021. Right. And I think that that's really important. And that really shows a lot of the things we've been looking for out here is for the Chinese to come back. And, and according to this, at least for this week, they were here and they absorbed some of the cheaper prices. And then you say, well, why didn't we go higher then? How can the Chinese do one of their best purchasing rounds since 2021 and yet the price goes lower? And I would say a lot of that has to do with the fact that Southeast Asia, who is the second biggest buyer on the GDT, they had one of their poorest showings in a while. So on a year over year basis, China was up 22 percent and Southeast Asia down 21 percent. So they don't necessarily offset each other, but you've got more product being offered on the GDT and, you know, theoretically less buyers, the price moved lower out here. But I do think it's important to pay attention to this because as I'm sitting here today saying we've got more milk and less demand, this is certainly a, a turning point in, in terms of demand and, and to see China resurface. This time it wasn't enough to turn the tide. We'll see if they resurface next auction and, and see if that turns the tide. But for right now, even with the Chinese resurfacing, prices still move lower. And I guess if you go back to an old trading saw of bullish news that doesn't make the market go higher, isn't bullish news. Um <laughs> It sounds kind of simple, but it's uh, it's really proven itself to be true. So I think we were all waiting for China to show up. They finally did show up and the price moves lower. That really stands out in my mind. And I have to stand back from that and say, that just doesn't look good here on the short term, at least. Right. No, that was going to be my next question to you, but you already brought it up. And it seems like we're going to have to wait another two weeks to really see if they come back in Southeast Asia, you know, maybe elevates their buying power a little bit and, and moves the GDT higher. Is there anything else besides kind of what we've covered so far, John, that really sticks out to you? First global dairy trade of the year. And I know this time of the year is generically when it is the slowest because everyone has their holidays. Uh, different folks are in and out of the office and it just seems to be this is what we get for this time of the year. Besides that, that's the side. Is there anything that really stood out for this GDT beginning of January? I guess what stands out to me and Cody, this is something that you'll you'll have a much better ability than I will to help define the price points. But there have been a lot of conversations here in the last few weeks of people saying, well, the price can't go lower because if it does, then dairy producers can't make money. And I, I myself, you know, I can look at some data and, and see where that price of break even might be, you know, and, and sometimes that's very academic and sometimes it's very theoretical. And 
I think what we're going to dance with all year here is, is China going to come back? And when they do, which they did, they appear to have done today, you know, are they going to suck up all of the milk that's out here? And B, what price is going to turn milk off? And, and can we get into a negative milk production environment again? And I'm not sure exactly where that price is. And, you know, I, I think it's a great discussion to have. And then once you, you kind of pin down that price on an average level, you know, it's a matter of, well, just because we go there, does that mean that we can't go lower? Or, or when does that, you know, how long do we have to be there before we turn milk production off? And I know that sounds a, a bit of a gruesome conversation. I don't mean for it to be. I don't wish anybody harm. But when we're looking at this, I, I think it's important to know because I, I do think that we're going to find a, a price point here where we lose some milk production. And, and that is very price supportive. So I, I do think there's a limit in itself to how low we can go. I just don't know exactly what that limit is. And then we're also going to dance with those China come back. And, and, and do we at some point in time find less milk and a resurgence of demand? We could have both of those things happen at the same point in time. Um, and certainly we started to see China come back on this auction. It wasn't enough. So now we, we might have to you know see how low do prices go before we lose milk production. And the market tends to sniff that stuff out and, you know, it, it tends to go out there and be bid, right? Be above that price sometimes. And sometimes it lets it go below it. And and we're just going to have to see where that is and, and how the market reacts. But for right now, I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say I can confidently say prices are going lower. But right now, the market certainly feels weak. There was nothing about this GDT today other than you know, looking at this Chinese data, again, that looks supportive. But then when you look at the price results, you go, boy, that was not a supportive auction. No, I, I tend to agree with you on that side. And I agree that it doesn't feel like we are quite over going lower. I know there's quite a bit of pain felt throughout the country right now for dairy producers, especially where with grains are trading and a few other inputs that are going to be coming about here real soon as plant, uh, planting will start up in the next three to four months. I just don't know where that price point is this year. I know the break even is going to be a lot higher than it was the last two, uh, for sure. You know, I think that might be a great way to look at this is to say at this time last year, we could empirically see that milk production was going lower. Mm -hmm. Right. It was right in front of us. Right. You know, or I guess it, it, it hadn't quite shown up in the data yet, but it was happening. Now, I, I think it becomes a very theoretical discussion of when does milk production go lower? And lower milk prices and higher input prices certainly gets us to that number faster. Correct. I, I think that's something that uh, we, we just really want to watch. And again, like I said, the, the market will kind of sniff that out. And you'll, you know, we could easily see the back end of this curve start to go into a premium structure. It's already starting to happen in butter, which is something we haven't seen in over a year. And at some point in time, we can easily see it happen in the class three and cheese market. Oh, John, we, we appreciate you being with us for this first Global Dairy Trade of 2023. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. That's the next auction. But until then, if anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to get a hold of John or I, and we'd be happy to answer those questions as we can. But until next time, everyone have a great two weeks, and we will see you very soon. Mm -hmm.